We're starting a new series today on the Holy Spirit. Every once in a while, the Lord will move on me in a very undeniable way when He wants me to teach on a particular truth in the Word. And this is one of those times. God wants to move among us in power. He wants to heal bodies. He wants to heal souls. He wants to save lives. That's who He is. But He can't do any of that unless it comes through His Spirit. That is the way that God has set up the planet. The Father, the Son, and say it, the Holy Spirit. I read a devastating um, study this week that came out of uh, Arizona Christian University, the Cultural Research Center. They surveyed a thousand pastors, and one-third of these pastors do not believe that the Holy Spirit is a person, but rather just a symbol of God's power. That made me mad, Jeff, and it makes me sad. It makes me mad because, and sad, because it not only dishonors the Holy Spirit, but it also robs the body of Christ from the power of God. How would you like to be reduced to a bumper sticker? Just a meme. Like a, you're just like a cardboard cutout. You're not real. You're not a real person. You're pretend. You're a pretend person. Or to be just completely ignored. Or worse yet, to be called the devil. I just want to say that we honor you, Holy Spirit, in this church. We honor you. We love you. We recognize who you are. And our goal in this series is to honor the Holy Spirit. And if we will honor Him, I promise you He will honor us with the presence of Jesus. You cannot know Jesus except through the Holy Spirit. It is an impossibility. Let's see what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14. Now this is Jesus talking. John chapter 14. And by the way, I want to say this. As I'm preaching to you, I'm pretty hopped up if you can't tell already. I'm trying to restrain myself just a little bit. Because I really am angry and sad. And I believe it's a holy anger. Not a fleshly anger. I do not like the Holy Spirit being disrespected. Being dishonored being ignored, and certainly not being associated with the devil himself, which we will see some did in the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit will not force Himself on anybody, but He will come to those who want Him. Do you want more of the Holy Spirit? What did Jesus say? Let me ask you this question. Do we want to listen to man 
Or do we want to listen to Jesus? I can easily show you from the Scriptures where it is an erroneous teaching that the Holy Spirit is not operating at the same level that He was operating when Jesus was in the earth. In fact, the Holy Spirit has been operating since the day of creation. And He's not going to stop. Ever. He's the Holy Spirit. And so whenever you are taught something from any, including me, I mean the Bereans were called, uh, uh, Paul commended the disciples in Berea, the Bereans, because they checked to see if what Paul was teaching was true. Paul wasn't offended by that. He commended them. Whenever you are taught something and it's not biblical, you have to reject it. Now look, I'm talking about my friends. I'm talking about pastors that are friends of mine that are what are considered cessationists. The root word of cessationist cease. That the Holy Spirit has ceased doing supernatural things. And, and, and I, I meet with them on a monthly basis. And they know how I believe. I know how they believe. We barbecue together. We love each other. So I am not doing a top down. This isn't about being superior. I just believe. And I go to them for counseling. They help me be a better pastor. But on this point, they be wrong. And many of them, over the years, have actually crossed the line over into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I've watched them. I've been with them as they have uh, progressed. So as I teach on this, and as I refute certain things that precious brothers and sisters teach, um, I am not doing it from a superior attitude that would be that would be sinful and ungodly and divisive in the body of Christ but what does Jesus say about the holy spirit he says this in John 14:16 through 18 and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener standby how many of you would like that in your life To be with you for how long? How long? Forever. Not to the end of the first century. Forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. How did Jesus come back to them? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit another name for the Holy Spirit in the Bible, is the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of holiness. It is no wonder that in the same study that the pastors who do not believe the Holy Spirit is a person, the third third person of the Godhead, they also do not have a regular time of prayer and study in the Word. When you and I do not spend time in the Word of God, you can't know the truth. 
when you and I do not spend time with the Spirit of God, you cannot know the truth. Because he, Jesus has called him the Spirit of truth who will guide you into all the what? Truth. So if you're not hanging out with the Holy Spirit and you're not hanging out with the Word of God, you cannot know the truth of God. You, you'll come up with philosophies on your own, out of the mind of men and women. That's why the apostles said this. In Acts chapter 6, it says that there were a, a widows that were not getting bread distribution. Uh, and, and so they came to the apostles and said, hey, we got to do something about this. And the apostles said this, it is not right for us to leave the word of God and prayer and serve tables. They're not, they're not saying that they're better than that. What they're saying is we cannot let our time be gobbled up with administration because we will move away from the word and prayer and that would not be good for the church. When Moses was counseling everybody all day long, Jethro, his son, his father-in-law said, this is not good. He said, you need to raise people up that can counsel people, the shepherds that you just saw up here, get a bunch of connector leaders and you give yourself to word, the word teaching, the word and prayer. When men and women of God who are leading the body of Christ are not spending time in the word and prayer, they cannot feed God's sheep. They cannot feed God's people. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Word of God. So it's no wonder that the same pastors who said the Holy Spirit is not a person are not spending time with Him. Fact. Every single thing you receive from God on earth comes through the Holy Spirit. Everything. In fact, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit in John 16. There is so much more I want to tell you, Jesus said to his own disciples. The guys that were like right in front of him. He could touch them. Look in their eyes. There's so much more I want to tell you, but, I, but you can't understand it now. That's what the word bear there means. You can't understand it. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, talking to one of his guys. I want to tell you so much, Mark, but you're so stupid. I repent. I'm so frustrated with how dumb you are and dense you are. What am I going to do? I have so much to tell you. I have so much to tell you. Listen, this is the same thing the Apostle Paul said to the church. Paul, after he met the risen Christ and gave his life to Jesus, Paul says he was taken out of his body and he went to heaven and saw everything just like john did on the island of patmos when he said i was in the spirit say it in the spirit i was in the spirit on the lord's day and i heard something behind me if he was not in the spirit he would not have heard anything then he turned and he saw and then he describes the resurrected christ revelations chapter one eyes of fire hair like wool two edged sword coming out of his mouth you can't see that if the holy spirit doesn't open your spiritual eyes to see that and to hear that i was in the spirit john says on the lord's day and i heard and i saw and he wrote the book of revelation paul says i got caught up to heaven and then he says to the church i have so much i want to share with you but you wouldn't understand it how frustrating to live like that that's so much knowledge from the spirit but you're talking to people that are like spiritually dense I had somebody actually tell me the other day, they know all there is to know about Jesus. 
It actually came out of their mouth. I laughed in their face. I was like, how? John, the guy I was just talking about, lived with Jesus, ministered with Jesus. You would think if anybody knew Jesus and all there was to know about Jesus, it was John. But then I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard something and I turned and whoop! He said, I fell down like I was dead. And he touched me and raised me up. We will never know all there is to know about Jesus. Come on. He's the eternal son of God. He is God himself. He just goes on and on and on and on and on. Jesus said, there's so much, Mark, I want to tell you, but you just can't understand it. Watch this. Let's read this out loud together. Come on, church. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Remember how I said, anything you receive... From God, from Jesus, comes through. Holy Spirit, we love you in this place. Even Jesus himself could do no miracles apart from the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? He said it himself. Watch this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking in Luke 4.18. Because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is just the introduction to the series, by the way. I'm just opening up a comprehensive overview of the Holy Spirit. I want us to begin by honoring the Holy Spirit. Mark's going to teach next week. Dennis is going to teach after that. I'm going to teach again. Josh is going to be teaching. We're just going to continually teach about the Holy Spirit until we are so full of Him that we will see things that we have not seen. We need more power, not less. Then Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to His first followers. Look at this, Luke 14. 49 and now i will send the holy spirit just as my father promised but stay here in the city until the holy spirit comes upon you and fills you with power from heaven how and i say this about my friends lovingly but how could these guys be told by jesus don't you go anywhere until you receive the holy spirit the power from heaven Don't preach your first sermon without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself did not preach a sermon until the Spirit of God came upon him. Not in him, on him. They had already received, the disciples here had already received the Holy Spirit and they were born again. They were saved. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, John chapter 20, comes into the room where they're all hiding and fearful because, the, you know, the Jews are going to come kill us next. <laughs> Knees knocking, right? Jesus walks through the door. The resurrected Christ has received the Holy Spirit, <laughs> breathes on them, 
They all receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says, now don't go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes and you receive power from on high. It's like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? We just received the Holy Spirit. You received the Holy Spirit to be saved, but you have not yet received the Holy Spirit for the supernatural power ministry. That if you're going to operate like I operated, you're going to have to have the same baptism of the Holy Spirit that I had. Jesus told his people. And so here they are, saved. They have the Holy Spirit. They're in the upper room. Forty days later, a wind whoosh comes through the room. Acts chapter 2. Tongues of fire on all of them. Speaking in other tongues. Power of God hits them. And they go out and preach the gospel. Turn the world upside down. Why, in God's name, do we think that we can now do it without the Holy Spirit? Are we crazy? And why, pray tell, if the devil is still operating in supernatural power, which is why fortune telling and soothsaying and mediums are a multi-billion dollar industry, would God remove the supernatural power from the church? People are hungry to know the future. They're hungry to know who am I, why am I here, where do I go after I die, what does my future hold? And so, since the church can't tell you, Satan just fills the void. And so we have the movies, we have TVs, we have college courses on witchcraft and sorcery and mediums. It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, the, the devil does these things. And then a, a Christian comes and prophesies over someone or has a word of knowledge for somebody, lays hands on somebody to be healed. And people, ooh, that's weird. Why is it weird for a Christian to prophesy, operating one of the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it's not weird for the devil and his, and, and his soldiers to do it with crystal balls and tarot cards and Ouija boards and all that stuff? insanity why would god remove the power from the church when satan is amping up and hurting people i thought this might happen uh chris we're gonna jump all the way down to that Matthew 12 passage. I was going to show you about 15 things that we do not get if you do not have the Holy Spirit. But I don't have time for that this morning because I don't have time for it. Because this, what we're about to camp on, was surprising to me that the Lord wanted me to open up, wanted me to uh, teach on this chunk that we're going to teach on right now. As an opening to the Holy Spirit. Because I wanted to be polite and just teach a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But the, the, the passage he put on my heart was where Jesus confronts the demonic. And I was thinking after I listed all my other scriptures, which Chris, Chris so graciously put on PowerPoint and we're not going to use now. When I got... When, when, when this scripture rose in my heart, I thought to myself, now where is that in the Bible? I was thinking and thinking, I think it's in the book of Luke. And I said, like, I don't know. 
So where is that one? Where's that particular passage? So I open my Bible up and it falls open to the introduction to the book of Matthew. Just, you know, it's a student, it's a study Bible. And so it was just the introduction part talking about the book before you read the book. And I, my eyes landed on a heading, the Holy Spirit. And the first scripture talked about was the one that I was looking for. And then it had a whole teaching on it. And it's exactly what I knew the Lord wanted me to teach today. You see, the Holy Spirit is my friend in my study time. He does that all the time. Does he do that to you? you ever, does he do that to you? Do you ever have him do that? Speak to you through the word? Do you know you cannot understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit? You can't understand it. It's just a history book. It, 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 it's like trying to understand your kids' texts, right? You text your kids, and they text you back like a word that's not a word. They text you back letters, like three letters or something. You're like, uh, okay. I want them to still think I'm hip and cool and current, so I'm not going to say, what does that mean? So then you Google it, right? You're like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 ha. And then you, you know, text them back something. Very dad-like, you know, a meme. You know, I just love those. And they're like, dad, stop, please quit with the gifts. No, that's my love language. That's, that's the way I talk, right? It's like when I was a youth pastor. First time I heard the word sick used in a positive way. They said, oh, that's sick. And I was like, who's sick? I'm like, no, it's sick. And I said, who? No, sick's a good thing. What? What are you talking about? You're all twisted up. Who? What? Oh, it's weird. You know, they steal our words and they change the meaning of them, right? Or they have their own Klingon language. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying right now. Like, you're in the room and, the, and the, you're, I have four teenagers in the house and they'll start talking to each other and some language, right? It's like, it's like, it's like when you're in a, in a room with, uh, or in a group of people that, who, that English is their second language. Like I had, I had some people, uh, Vietnamese, uh, film crew at our house this week because they were filming Sam and talking about his story. And, you know, we're talking and then they start talking to each other in Vietnamese. And you're like, what's going on right now? What are they talking about? And then they start giggling. You're like, is that, that's that's right. Yeah, they're giggling. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What are you are you are you are you laughing at me? Right? What are you guys planning? This is what it, this is the way it is when you're trying to understand your teenagers' texts. It's the same way it is when you try to understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. He is our interpreter of the book that he wrote. In fact, Chris, let's go ahead and show that scripture. Did you know I was going to go there? We'll get to the Matthew scripture in a second. But this scripture regarding the word of God is Second uh, Peter 1, verse 20 and 21. It says this. Chris, I'll wait till you put that up there. You got it? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Above all else, however, this is Peter talking. Remember that none of us can explain by ourselves a prophecy in the scriptures. For no prophetic message ever came just from human will. But people were under the control of the Holy Spirit as they spoke the message that came from God. Mic drop. I don't want to get in trouble with the tech team by doing it from up here. 
You also cannot know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go to that Matthew passage because I've got to teach on this or I'll leave today and be upset that I didn't do it because I know the Holy Spirit wants us to look at this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 32. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that, the, so that he could both speak and see. Now, if you and I were to confront this person and they couldn't speak and they couldn't see, he was blind and mute, we would think that, well, what we wouldn't think was that he had a demon. Now, in Africa where I've gone or, or um, India where I've gone, uh, or in Southeast Asia, well, that's Southeast Asia, in Vietnam, this is normal to them. Like the spirit realm is normal to them. You have to come to the Western world and be educated to know that the spirit realm isn't real. That demons don't really exist. So we think we're advanced, but we've advanced ourselves right out of spiritual knowledge. We are materialists. If I can't touch it, can't see it, can't hear it, can't smell it, it's not real. Really. You go to these places, they will laugh you right out of their village. Because they've been going down to the witch doctor their entire life. And you say, well, that stuff's not real. It's foolishness. I remember I was in India one time, and a bunch of teenagers in this village all gave their life to Christ. And this one teenager wouldn't do it. I said, why won't you give your life to Jesus? She said, because my house gods won't like it. I said, oh, well, my, my God's more powerful than your God. And she goes, yeah, but look what they did to me last night. And she had bruises all over her body. And she wouldn't receive Jesus because she was afraid of her house gods. Now, to us, we think they're primitive. They're ignorant. They're, you know, this stuff isn't real. It was real in Jesus' day. In fact, if you do a study on the healings in Jesus' ministry, you will be shocked at how many times it was a spirit of infirmity. Amen. See, that's why us in the Western world, we are so materialistic, meaning this is, again, if, it's not, if we can't see it, touch it, feel it, hear it, it's not real. If you're counseling somebody who has a demon... Or is demon not, maybe not possessed, maybe, maybe just oppressed or harassed or tormented. And you're given a medication, which I believe in, counseling, which I believe in. All you're doing is affecting the physical body of that person. And the demon is just watching you do it. And they're not affected at all. And they're still tormenting that person. And you can't solve the problem because it's not a natural problem. It's a spiritual problem. And you don't solve spiritual problems with natural means. Paul said that. He said, our weapons of our, our warfare are not natural, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We have got that. Paul, Jesus said to Nicodemus, when he was trying to explain to him about being born again, and Nicodemus is like, uh, I don't understand what you're talking about. How can somebody be born twice? And Jesus said, that which is spirit is spirit, and that which is flesh is flesh. And then he's like... Nicodemus, you're a teacher of the Bible, and you don't even know these things? And Jesus got frustrated with a Bible teacher. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? John chapter 3? He was trying to, he was trying to teach this Bible teacher about the spirit realm. And Nicodemus is like, I don't get it. And then Jesus said, look, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't understand the kingdom of God. Your eyes need to be opened by the Holy Spirit. The demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. Well, I remember one time I was sitting at a table at Black Angus with my secretary. I was in business before I was a pastor here in San Diego. And he was saying to me, we were just having a nonchalant conversation, right? Or here, right here in San Diego. And he says, what did I say? I was with my secretary wanted me to meet her boyfriend. Thank you. So there's three of us. Actually, there were four. I'll tell you that story. I'm, I'm going to tell you that story. Couldn't see the fourth one. And, and so, we're just, and, and then he says to me, just nonchalantly, um, I have watched every Stephen King movie and I've read every one of his books. And I'm just eating my steak. And I said, well, you've opened yourself up to the demonic realm. And uh, I was just like being nonchalant. And then I looked up and he was gripping the table like this. And his knuckles were turning white. And he's like staring at my mouth. I was like, oh, no. I'm not going to be able to finish my steak, Ryan, you know, medium rare, prime. Oh, it's beautiful steak. And all of a sudden he's like, like this. And I was like, and so I thought, oh man. And so I went over to, I said, come on, let's go outside. And, um, I grabbed his wrist. This is so weird. Like before I was a Christian, when you tell somebody, let's step outside, you're going to be in a physical fight, right? Same thing, but it's going to be a spiritual fight this time. And I grabbed his wrist. So let's go out. He grabbed my wrist like this and about shattered it. And I was like, and I had to right there, if I didn't know who I was in Christ, if I did not understand that I have the Holy Spirit and I'm dealing with a demonic spirit, I wouldn't know what to do with this guy. And he would stay bound up. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of your seat and follow me. And he got up and we walked out. We're halfway to my office, which we're in a Black Angus as a strip mall. And then there's a movie theater and my office is inside uh, that door there. We're halfway there, and the movie theater lets out. And hundreds of people come pouring out of the movie theater, and right there, right at, at, down at, down at uh, the sports arena, right down there, Black Angus, that movie theater, he starts to manifest. Foam coming out of his mouth, right on the sidewalk. Now, these people probably came out of a horror movie or something. I'm like, hey, you want to see the real thing? I'm sorry, that's horrible. I shouldn't do that. Simon the sorcerer tried to buy this power, and he got in trouble. I don't mean to play with this. And cast the devil out of him right there. We got to my apartment because he was freaked out. And he said, every time, he said, there was like, and he was telling me, I'm a scientist. I don't believe anything that I can't touch, feel, hear, smell, whatever. He said, but there was something inside of me that was trying to suck me through a hole on the inside of me. And I knew that if I went through that hole, I'd be gone forever. I don't know what that means. That was his experience. And every time you laid hands on me, um, every time you laid hands on me, that thing, it would try to suck me in, suck me out. The demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, 
Could it be that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. That's where that teaching started right there. That's where that comes from. And it's dangerous. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I, but if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Woo, come on. We got to help people. That's the whole point. People need help. Some are right here in this room. Some of you are online watching right now. You can get healed sitting here on your couch by the power of the Holy Spirit. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. We've got to plunder the devil's house, family of God. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. Except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit which will never be forgiven. This is the Son of God talking. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, even in this world or the world to come. It is so dangerous to dishonor the Holy Spirit. And we won't do it here. We don't want the weird, if it's not the Holy Spirit, it's just people being weird. That's also disrespectful to the Holy Spirit. But we do want the real. We want the real thing. Look at Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, Verse 1, pursue this love with eagerness, make it your goal, yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts. I remember when we first started our church, for the first three years, I did not uh, operate in the gifts of the Spirit at all. Now, I want to I say this. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healing, the uh, word of prophecy, words of wisdom, gifts of faith, a working of uh, miracles, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been operating since the beginning of time. It says when, when, when the earth was without form and void and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. God said, light be, and the Holy Spirit is the one that created everything. The gift of wisdom, the gifts of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, 
the gifts of miracles, that they're all throughout the entire Old Testament. The only two new gifts are tongues and interpretation of tongues, and there's a reason for that, which I'm not going to teach on today. But it's not like the Holy Spirit showed up for the first time on the day of Pentecost. And why would God decide to shut it down now? They didn't begin with apostles. I mean, just read, you know, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, Elijah and Elisha. I mean, miracles and miracles and miracles and miracles. Ridiculous, crazy stuff. Like Elisha dies and and, and he's he's in a pit and... These, these guys that work at a gravesite were going to bury some dude, and then there's some raiders that are coming by, and they got scared, so they wanted to hide. So they, they throw this dead dude's body, and it's in the Bible, throws it into the pit where Elijah is dead, and it says the anointing, the, spirits, the Spirit of God, the anointing, the, the, the miracle-working ability of the Holy Spirit was in Elisha's bones. And the dude was raised from the dead when his body touched Elisha's. Because the power of God was still in Elijah's bones. He didn't even pray for the guy because he was dead. The anointing of God, the spirit of God that was in his bones rose that guy from the dead. That's in your Bible. She says, I know. And so for the first three years, I didn't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I was in my prayer time one night. And I was, Saturday night before I was preaching, I was just praying like this. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you have no right to regulate my spirit in my church. I went, whoa, exactly. I was like, I just got rebuked <laughs> by the Lord. That doesn't feel good. You don't want that. And I said, Lord, if that's true then have somebody operate one of the gifts of the Spirit in tomorrow's church service. And so I'm minding my own business, during worship, praise the Lord, praise, and all of a sudden somebody starts speaking the tongues right over here. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then he interpreted it. And then he came up to me afterwards and he said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I know the Bible says that the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet, meaning that you don't just burst out in a church service and you know, do things decently and in order, but do things, but do them decently and in order. And I said, he said, but I could not help it. I said, don't worry about it. It was the Lord. He said, but I know you don't want anybody operating the gifts of the spirit on a Sunday morning service. I'd never said that. But what you don't demonstrate, the people don't get and they don't get shaped into what God wants them to be shaped into. And so then I did a teaching on spirit filled living and uh, I was in the fourth Sunday message and I was coming to church and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, call everybody down who wants a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I said to the Lord, I'm going to have to start all over because these people didn't sign up for this. I've been pastoring them for three years and, we've, and this is not what they signed up for. But I will obey you. And so at the end of that service, I taught on spiritual living for the fourth Sunday. And I said, whoever wants a fresh infill into the Holy Spirit, come on up. And the whole church came up. Except for two teenagers who had had a bad church experience. And they just didn't trust me or church. 
And as they came up, I started laying hands on them. And I had a word of knowledge, what your gifts are, uh, what God's called you to do. I mean, just words of knowledge were just flowing. And I was like, man, I, I remember this. This is how I used to pastor when I was on staff at a mega church out in East County. But when I pioneered my own church, when the Lord told me to pioneer a church, I don't know. I must have thought, you know, people won't be able to, this won't be palatable to the North County Inland folk, you know. They're highly educated and, and, and a little more astute and this would be kind of weird, you know. So I decided. I didn't know I had decided it. But the Lord did and he rebuked me. And that night, we had a meeting down in Tijuana at our sister church. 17 folks from our church went down with me. And I was preaching. And 15 minutes into the message, and I got, there's pastors coming from all over Mexico. This place is packed. And I'm preaching. I'm the apostle of, you know, a network of churches down there. And this is, you know, our northern meeting. 15 minutes into it, the anointing to teach lifted. It's all the only way I can describe it. It just... It's gone, and you're blank. You have nothing. Like I was preaching like I'm preaching now, and all of a sudden, nothing. And I turned to Mara, and I said, I'm done. And he looked at me and went, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Wait, 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 I remember this. Let's see what the Holy Spirit wants. And that's risky, man, because you're standing there, and nobody knows what you're doing. You don't know if the Holy Spirit's going to do anything or not, and you just have to wait and see. We can't have everything so organized and so structured and every minute filled in your program. Well, then Sister Doodad's going to sing in here and then we're going to do that here and then we'll do this. What about if the Holy Spirit wants to do something spontaneous? Is he allowed? Or do people leave a, a, a overly structured church service and then they go down to the fortune teller to find out what their future is here from the dark side, you know? And so right then, there was a a gal that was standing at the back door, and all of a sudden, I had a word of knowledge for her, and I said, this is what happened to you when you were a little girl, and this is what, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and it was all accurate. It's called a word of knowledge. She came running down that aisle. We laid hands on her. She got set free. She got healed. She ended up being the children's pastor for that church, and we traveled throughout Mexico together, and it was just such a glorious story. So I want us to start this series by honoring the Holy Spirit, which we have begun doing by talking about Him and how wonderful He is and how powerful He is and how current He is. And I believe that He will honor us by honoring Him. So what I want to do now is I just want us all to stand and I want us to just spend a few moments in worship. And if you want a fresh infill into the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask that you move from your seat and you just come on up front here. And listen, if you don't come, you're not a second-rate citizen in the kingdom of God. This is just an invitation. You can move at your own pace. And I want to say this too. The Holy Spirit moves in all sorts of different ways. There have been times when I've been hit by the Holy Spirit. Literally, I saw, I was in a meeting. I was sitting in the second row, center aisle. 3,000 pastors were there. And a guy was up here and he was preaching and I was just sitting like this. All of a sudden, I had a literally less than a second vision of Jesus and his earthly ministry as he was walking through the streets of Jerusalem and the glory of God was trailing behind him and I just started weeping. And I grabbed a hold of my friend's hand who was behind me 
because I didn't want to be alone because God was just his awesomeness. I was so aware of the awesomeness of Jesus. I did not want to be alone. I can't explain it. And I'm holding onto his hand and, and he wanted to worship. So after a while, he just ripped his hand out of mine and he's you worship like this. I literally slunk to the floor and wept like a baby. And I wept all night long in my hotel room. And then the next three days, I laughed with such joy, I couldn't even have a conversation with somebody. It was unbelievable. And I got back to my youth group. I was a youth pastor at the time. And somebody came up to me and said, I saw you on TV. I was like, what, what, what? He goes, yeah, that pastor's meeting you're in, it was televised. I was watching it and I saw you on the floor crying like a baby. I was like, no, that was on television. But it happened because I got a, a vision. The Holy Spirit just opened my eyes just for a second. And I saw Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of Jesus. Come on, let's just open our hands this morning. Holy Spirit, we want more of you, not less. We need you. We need you in all of your fullness. We need everything you have to offer us, your church. If there's people here today that have not gotten saved, Lord, draw them. Holy Spirit, draw them to Jesus so their sins can be forgiven. If there's people here who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, they've never experienced the power of God come upon the Holy Spirit, please come upon them now. If if there's those here, Lord, who think they know more than they actually do, open their eyes to have a fresh look at Jesus. Bella, will you lead us in a song and then we're going to start praying for people in just a moment. To honor the Holy Spirit. You at home, join us. Oh, Spirit, fall. Spirit, fall. Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fall. Come on, take a risk. Get outside of your comfort zone.
them to continue to worship and rather than like breaking for fellowship you can do that in the hall if you want i want to capitalize on this moment and if you've never been baptized in the holy spirit you might even know what that means jesus said john baptized you in water but you shall be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now and when the spirit comes upon you you shall receive power to be my witnesses if you've never received the baptism of the holy spirit meaning the Spirit of God comes upon you in power, then we're going to pray for you uh, this morning. Or if you just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, or if you just want something more from God, then as they begin to worship, um, the church service is officially over, but the move of God isn't. And so you can move out from your seat, and I'm going to have uh, the prayer teams up here, Mark and Dennis and, uh, and April, please. You can come up here and Gary and Kathy. These guys and gals have been praying for people for decades. They have seen so many miracles. They have seen God touch people in such powerful ways for so long. I'm going to ask you guys to come up. Gary and Kathy and Dennis and April and Mark, come on up here. And they're going to be ready to lay hands on you guys. For anyone who wants a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, some of you may be demonically harassed. I just got a word of knowledge. I think I know who it is. I'm not going to call you out. But, and as people come up, you know, people won't know who you are. But if you are, I'm going to say it boldly, this is called a word of knowledge where you just, the Holy Spirit tells you, you've been demonically oppressed, harassed, tormented. You think it's you and you're filled with shame about your behavior and you can't break this thing. People have given up on you. I can't counsel you anymore. It's a demonic stronghold. And the only thing that's going to set you free is the Holy Spirit. If that's you, as people begin to move from their seats to come up front, you come up and you tell one of these prayer teams, that's you. And you're going to get set free today by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we begin to worship, if you want a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit um, and you want people to lay hands on you, Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you, that's in you because of laying on of my hands. When you have hands laid on you, there's, there's spiritual gifts that go into you. There's uh, um, uh, Philip 
preached the gospel to a Samaritan city and then they all got saved and, and then he called for John and Peter to come down and they came down and laid hands on them and they all got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Paul said to one uh, town, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you gave your life to Jesus? And they said, we never heard there was a Holy Spirit. And he laid hands on them and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues and prophesy. If you want a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, it was begin to worship, you just move out and you come on up. Or you can stay there and just worship from your seat. But let's go. Let's do this. Just a few more minutes here as we open this series. If you want a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, you want a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, you want freedom from, from the demonic oppression or possession, harassment, come on up. Let's let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Like a mighty wind, like the fire again. Come and breathe your breath on me. Like a mighty wind, like fire again. Come and breathe your breath on me. Like a mighty
clarify that in case you didn't know that the service is like officially ended but we're not Uh, we're just going to stay we're going to pray we're going to worship a little longer people are getting touched beyond human help it's the holy spirit and we don't want to we don't want to stop that it's not too late to come up for prayer if you want prayer
Excuse me. Hey, everybody. Everybody, if you're going to fellowship, can you do it out in the hallway? If you want, if you want to worship and pray, stay in here. If you want to fellowship, go out there because it's a little distracting. You want to stay in the flow of the Spirit? Shut up, 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 up. Get over 